went out there and stuck a big bull in the first day or two of your first Idaho hunt, we wouldn't be sitting here doing a podcast four years later about the adventure surrounding that. I don't even want to venture a guess how much it weighs. I feel stupid even saying this, but it's got to be topping 80 pounds. There was a lot of self-doubt creeping in today. You know, I'm just worried that I've taken on something I can't handle. You know, I knew I was doing something just batshit crazy. All right, well, it's the end of day one. That's it for day two. It is the end of day three. It's the end of day four, and as far as uh, I can manage the end of my elk season. Hey, y'all, this is Sam, and you're listening to episode 200 of The Wild Initiative. Put down your latte and pull on your boots. There's a lot of people that can pull the trigger on an animal, but they don't know what to do with it after. If you would have told me that a stupid turkey was going to make me get that excited, I would have told you you were crazy. It's just a skill that you have to perfect over a lot of years. Hunting is a tribal activity. We've lost the tribe. We can't even hunt together anymore. Well, the people that are anti-hunting are usually pro-abortion. So kill the people, save the animals. I just remember riding my horse back to camp with the northern lights and the moose behind me, and I'm like, this is why I've done this. This is as cool as an experience as I will get. Hi, this is Jim Shockey. This is Sam Sohol, the public land bus guy. Hi, I'm Kimmy Greentree. Hi, this is South Cox with the Western Bowhunter Podcast. Hey, this is Ben Dedamonte, a.k.a. Shed Crazy. You're listening to The Wild Initiative. Hey y'all, welcome to not just another episode of The Wild Initiative, but episode 200 of The Wild Initiative. It is hard to believe I got past episode three, let alone have made it all the way to 200 episodes, that all of y'all are here listening with me. Um, Big thank you to the guys at Waypoint Outdoor Collective for being part of all this. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. So y'all getting on to today's episode, uh, I've got something a little special for you, a little bit different. Uh, 
Y'all, I have the audio from my elk hunt each night uh, before passing out uh, in my tent. I recorded uh, a little bit of audio just about my day, about what happened, about how I was feeling about things. And as we all know, the the elk hunt did not turn out quite as expected. But, uh, you know, as I was thinking what I wanted to do for episode 200, I thought this would be a fun little turnaround. And to help me talk about that event... I brought him back, folks, the one and only adventure cowboy himself, Clayton Markser. Dude, so good to have you back on again. Howdy, howdy. Good to be here. So uh, if a lot of what we talk about in this episode, if you guys haven't gone back and listened to my first episode back in 2017 with Clayton, make sure, pause this one right now, go back, give a listen to episode 38 that's the the recap of my very first elk hunt in 2017. So a lot of uh, what you'll be hearing will will probably be referencing a lot of the stuff we talked about then. But yeah, man, it's uh, it's 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 been a, a bit of time since uh, since that first elk hunt, hasn't it? Sure has. A lot of water under the bridge. A lot of miles under the boots. <laughs> For sure. And I got uh, you can probably see in the video. I you know. Finally, finally got my first elk with the bow. I was proud of you. Yeah, you're you're definitely one of the. Uh, there's a few people I texted, you know, kind of immediately after. There was just a small handful of people, and you were one of the very first. You're one of the few that got the picture before it went. Uh, I believe it went up on uh, on social media too. The first one's the hardest. After that, they seem to come easier for me, anyway. Huh. Well, I mean. You know, you're thinking about where I was that first year back in 2017. You know, I remember, I still remember when you first reached out, I was doing that Instagram live as I was hiking down through the Hollywood Hills. I was, uh, gosh, where was I? I was up a uh, Griffith park. Yeah. I was doing my Griffith park hike. I was doing an Instagram live and you reached out uh, on that Instagram live and we started talking and man, now, uh, living out in Montana, what, uh, probably what, an hour and a half north of you, something like that? Uh, hour and a half kind of east of me. Yeah. A little northeast, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, who would have thought after that, uh, <laughs> that first hunt? Oh, man. Just thinking about all the stuff that's happened since then, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, it's been fun to watch you progress ever since then. I mean, that you weren't bad then you were just new to it. You, the backcountry stuff is, is challenging when you have a mentor, let alone when you go into completely uncharted territory by yourself. And when you had mentioned in your video up there, I think by the, is that the observatory that you're talking about? Yeah. When I would you do did your the, live. Yeah. I do. I do those lives as I was hiking back down from the top. Um, but yeah, you know, you've, you kind of saw me at the very beginning and you've been, you've been following along and as someone that's a lot more experienced with hunting and I'm curious, kind of uh, some of the things you've seen in my, in my progression that, that you've noticed in particular uh, as I've kind of gone through my, what I've been sharing in my time hunting. Yeah. I would say one of the things that I've noticed the most since those early days when I first started following you and we first started talking is that number one, you've stuck with it. You know, a lot of people, when they get a, a new passion, they get a new, um, 
obsession, we'll call it, they stick with it for a little while, but if they're not successful at it, they just quit. And there's probably a lot of people out there that were expecting you to quit, but you didn't and you stuck with it and I'm proud of you for it. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. It's, there's been plenty of times where I've, I've considered (laughs) just throwing in the towel, but then I'm like, man, I love it too much. I love being out there. I love, I love chasing stuff and occasionally sticking some. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah, man. It's not all about the killing. Definitely. Definitely not. If it, if it was, if it was, I definitely would not be, uh, I would not still be in it for sure. But I mean, just thinking about uh, all the stuff, you know, after that first hunt, then that, that following year come August, September, getting my first muley out in Arizona the year after that, uh, getting my javelina in January. And then the, the odd ad after that. And the, you know, a, a lot of struggle, a lot of struggle over those few years with elk hunting through Colorado, through, you know, six weeks out here in Montana. There's a, there is a lot of struggle and a lot of ups and downs with that one and getting into it. And then finally, uh, Last day, last day of my hunt in Arizona, getting an arrow in uh, my little raghorn behind me that I absolutely love. Well, a lot of, a lot of stuff has happened. You appreciate those experiences when you've succeeded in killing an animal a lot more because of the struggle busting that you've done to get there. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and again, most anyone that really hunts for the right reasons will look at a look at, you know, any animal you take and is going to be happy with it and consider it a trophy. But the excitement over getting a, a little raghorn that I feel, I, I wonder if I would have been that excited over, over getting a smaller bull if, uh, if I hadn't gone through those struggles over the past few years. I think you'd have been excited, but there's no way you could have appreciated it as much as you did um, having gone through all of that. Exactly. I think, I think I look at this, you know, I look at, I look at this bull behind me. I I'm probably more excited about getting that bull than I ever would have. If I'd gotten, you know, a a 380 bull on my first hunt, (laughs) you know, like the appreciation and excitement over it and, and really how much I value this, uh, this whole four point behind me. It's, it's extreme compared to, you know, if I'd gotten one in the first year or two, for sure. Well, if you'd gone out there and stuck a big bull in the first day or two of your first Idaho hunt, we wouldn't be sitting here doing a podcast four years later about the adventure surrounding that. So um, I think that speaks a lot to just how much you've gone through to get to where you are. And you have a long ways to go and you know that. And that's one of my favorite things about you is that you are upfront about that. You don't claim to think that since you've shot an elk now that, you know, you need to be giving people advice on, on how to, how to bow hunt and how to be the most stealthy hunter on the face of the mountain. <laughs> yeah. Cause those guys are out there. <laughs> well, you know, and speaking of that adventure, you know, we got this audio coming up and I talked about it a little bit at the beginning, but, you know, I went out on this hunt and I wanted to document it. I, you know, it was my very first, you know, I, like I said, I'd sat in a tree stand a couple of times, but I really hadn't been hunting. And so 
you know, thinking about this, thinking about my first hunt, I really wanted to document as much of it as I possibly could. And so part of that was every evening, uh, but you know, there's a couple where I started falling asleep and I woke up in the middle of the night and was like, Oh, got to record, got to record. But I put on that headset and I just laid down in my, in my, uh, sleeping bag and I rambled, rambled about the day, rambled about how I was feeling and, and what I was thinking. And, you know, it's, it's, I don't remember. I, I still haven't listened to the audio. I have never sat and I kind of did that on purpose because I want it to be a surprise for me as well to listen to this episode, but I have never actually sat back and listened to this audio. I remember some of it. Um, I remember laying back and talking about, uh, talking about the thoughts going through my head and, you know, for those, for those who are expecting this to be like super uplifting, encouraging audio that like is me, uh, you know, finding ways to fight through the struggle. Well, it's, that's not always going to be the case. You're definitely going to hear a lot of frustration and disappointment. Uh, there's definitely some excitement and some, some of me, you know, talking myself into, into going out the next day, whatever it happens to be, but yeah, this is not going to be like that. Uh, a giant lesson to learn at the end where, you know, everything works out. No, it's going to be kind of, it's going to be kind of a downer, but it's going to be interesting. That's for sure. And you're going to hear, it's going to be real. It's going to be realistic what I went through and what my feelings were, what my thoughts were on my very first elk hunt. And I think, I think it's worth sharing. Well, I also want to throw in here last year, opening day Montana general season, I went out horseback into the Hills, shot a bull and I was starting to dress him out and something happened. And I slipped with my buck one nineteen, and it popped out of the elk's hide and sunk in my thigh. Mm. I learned a little bit from your experience. I'd been thinking about getting one of those in reach devices Mm -hmm. and I never would pull the trigger because it's a lot of money. It's like 350 bucks for this little device. And I I just couldn't let myself buy it. And then after that happened, I barely missed my femoral artery and I was up there by myself, no cell service, which is how I've hunted for a long, long time. But it was one of those things that reminded me, no matter how long you've been doing this, no matter how confident you are, an oops can happen to anybody at any time. So now I have an inreach. <laughs> I'm better about telling people where I'm going instead of just relying on my own. Well, I always come back attitude. That is, you know, it's, it's a good reminder for anybody. Absolutely. A good reminder for anybody that, uh, if there's a, if there's a tool you can use to make sure you come back safe, then that's huge. Yep. No, and you know, this podcast, whatever it is, it's, it's been for me to chronicle my journey. It's been for me to reach out and talk to cool people. And you know, this episode, there may be somebody out there that finds value in it. Somebody that's considering going on their first elk hunt or just, you know, needs to be reminded of where we all started at one point or another. But, uh, you know, when it comes down to it, this is for me and I'm excited to release this episode. I'm excited to listen to it. Uh, I definitely, I definitely recommend anyone before you listen to this audio, before you sit down, you know, if you haven't already, uh, even if you have listened to it, maybe go back and, and give yourself a little refresher, and, you know, go back, listen to episode 38 of the podcast, hop on Clayton's YouTube channel and 
make sure you watch that video, then go listen to this audio and, uh, you know, get that, get that context. And I think it'll be, I think it'll be really cool. And of course, you know, I'll make sure to link, uh, on the show notes page here, I'll make sure to link to the, that episode to, uh, to the video on your channel. But, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think it's about time to kick this off and let folks, uh, listen to this audio. I'm excited to hear it. I'm also a little terrified because like you said, I know for a fact, some of it is going to be horribly cringeworthy. Um, especially the stuff where I was probably like half asleep and just rambling and slightly depressed. So we'll, we'll see how that goes, but man, thank you so much for hopping on. And, uh, it just seemed, it just seemed right to have you on to help me introduce this part. So, well, thanks for having me on to kind of revisit this adventure and I've enjoyed following you along ever since and watching your growth from those very early days to now you've killed several things, including, your kryptonite, a big <laughs> bolt. Exactly. Awesome, man. Well, thank you again, and let's get on to that audio. All right. All right. Well, it's the end of day one out here chasing elk in Idaho. Um, I am currently curled up in my sleeping bag, uh, trying not to freeze. Um, it has been snowing, not today, but uh, prior to my coming out, and I wasn't super prepared to deal with the snow. Um, I picked up some extra gear, and fortunately I brought my uh, stove, my tent stove, along with me, um, but uh, it is definitely, uh, definitely kicking my butt. I, uh, <laughs> to be completely honest... This trip so far has not exactly started off with a bang. I, well, you know, I got out here a lot later yesterday than I wanted to. I was hoping to be here midday so I could uh, get set old hike out and and be ready to hunt all day today. Well, unfortunately, because of some work stuff and just being sick, uh, I left a lot later than I intended. Um, it ended up taking me somewhere between, I want to say 18 and 20 hours. Jeez. What time do I leave? I left at about four o'clock AM Pacific time. And I finally got to where I parked my Jeep it had to be one o'clock AM mountain time. So you guys can do the math, but so yeah, I didn't get in here till one AM. Uh, got everything parked, but unfortunately I didn't get to park as close as I wanted because there's a gate and I didn't notice any closures, but that's because I guess that doesn't count as the road past that. It's a trail. I don't know. All I know is my two mile pack in to where I wanted to camp ended up turning into a four mile pack in. So uh, I slept in my Jeep last night um, because I didn't obviously didn't want to try and pack in four miles in the middle of the night. 
And, you know, of course, sleeping in the front seat of a Jeep is not the most comfortable. Didn't sleep that great. I did wake up. Uh, there was a few other guys at the trailhead. Uh, one pulled in and took off, uh, kind of headed in the same direction as me. I'm not sure where he ended up. Then uh, next to me, there were some guys camping. They had a big trailer. Um, group of, uh, I think, five guys. Five or six guys. Uh from Wisconsin, um, and they had a pretty successful season so far, but, um, really nice guys sat, talked with them for a while. They said they took a bowl. Uh, they, I guess they took another elk, but I didn't it's, thought it was a bowl, but I'm not sure. Um, and then they've seen quite a bit. Uh, they gave me, gave me a heads up about a few things. Um, just, I guess, they're, the elk right now aren't really responding to bugling. Lately, they've, I guess, they've been pretty silent. Um, they'll, they'll come out for some cow calls, but that's about it, I guess. But yeah, so I met them this morning, talked with them for a while. They were really cool, uh, nice guys. But yeah, after a total of maybe three, four hours of lousy sleep, loaded up my pack. Oh, and that's the other thing. That's part of the other reason why it took me so long to get here last night. I just completely forgot my maps. Um, like very literally, I just completely forgot everything. I had it all plotted out for my hike here from the trailhead to where I wanted to camp. I had that all plotted out really nice, but just in the rush of everything, just completely forgot to print out hard copy maps to get to um, the trailhead. And, you know, these areas don't have cell reception. Fortunately, I was able to download enough of an Onyx map to get me here. Um, but then the other thing is that I thought I had transferred my waypoints over but uh, into Onyx maps, but apparently they didn't save, or I'm not sure what happened. But all of the waypoints that I put in were not there. That was a little frustrating, but not, I, I don't think that was Onyx Maps' fault. I'm pretty sure that was something stupid I did. Um, Onyx, the app, has been absolutely a lifesaver for me so far on this trip. So, uh, you know, uh, this morning, threw on my pack, and it's just, I already knew it was going to weigh too much. And then just in the rush of everything and dealing with the snow, you know, more stuff went in and certain stuff didn't come out that I, w I needed to take out. Um, things that were supposed to be like brought on the trip but left in the car or things of that nature. It wasn't too bad when I first put it on. But man, that pack ripped me to shreds today. Um... You know, I got to the the end of the first two miles where 
I originally thought I was going to be able to drive to, and I was just dead. Um, it was pretty rough. Um, I don't even want to venture a guess, uh, how much it weighs, but it's got to be, like, I feel stupid just, I feel stupid even saying this, but it's got to be topping 80 pounds. Um, and so after all of that, I start up what I think is, there's a trail that should take me part of the way to where I want to go. And then I have to go off the trail and cut through. Um, so I think I go to hop on the trail and that ends really quickly. And it turns out it's not the trail, but so I'm just completely bushwhacking my way where I need to go there. I mean, I'm sure there's things worse, but for me right now, there's nothing I worse in the world than side hilling and climbing, um, in the middle of deadfall, like really serious deadfall. And then, um, doing that, all of that in ankle and in some spots, knee deep snow. Uh, yeah, it was just miserable. Um, I, uh, you know, you'd, you'd take a step and I do my best to probe with the, the trekking poles first. Um, but you know, sometimes there'd be a, a, just a rotted log that the trekking pole would stick into a little bit and feel solid. But then the second I drop my dumb ass with my freaking thousand pound idiot pack, um, on that log, it just cracks or, or maybe I did step in the exact spot I probed with the trekking pole and end up finding a branch with a big hole underneath it and I go up to my knees in snow um I will say um my crispy hunters were another just saving grace through this uh first day I mean they absolutely saved my life uh saved my ankles several times saved my shins um I mean I pretty much brutalized these boots all day and they, they did let some water in finally. Um, but you know, when you're literally, uh, up to your thighs and <laughs> snow, or I guess not thighs, when you're up to your calves in snow for almost 12 hours of hiking, um, you know, that's bound to happen. But those boots are just, they just perform like rock stars. You know, that's the one, one part of me right now that doesn't hurt are my feet. They're freezing, um, having trouble getting them warm. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, they, that's the only part of me that doesn't hurt right now. Um, but so, you know, I'm doing this bushwhacking and I don't, don't have like dang maps. I don't have my reception and I'm using my Garmin watch as a GPS, which is working, which was working great. But you know, I'd get, I, I, with all this deadfall, you know, you kind of have to, to somewhat, some extent, take the path of least resistance. So, you know, you end up zigzagging all over the place and 
you know, probably walking twice as much as you really would need to if it wasn't for all those trees. I tell you, you know, it took, I, I can't even remember how long it took me to get to the, the top of that hill, the crest of that hill, but it was a long time. And then got to the crest of the hill and went to start heading downhill to where I was going to camp. And it looked great. You know, there was game trails and, you know, it was downhill. <laughs> Not always easier than uphill, but after that trek, um, and after my legs and, or just, and back are just killing me, I was glorious. That lasted for a total of probably 30 seconds. Um, and then the deadfall just got worse because now I was like deep in the timber before I was kind of in some scattered trees. But yeah, I, uh, let me just put it this way. I have never, I, you know, I'm racking my brain to try and think if there's anything, but I don't believe I've ever done anything harder than the hiking I did today. Um, it took me, you know, maybe an hour and a half to do those first two miles. Um, it took me the rest of the day. Like, very literally, I got to where I wanted to camp maybe an hour before, well, a little bit more before sundown. So, I mean, I did, I did about 12 hours of hiking. Ten and a half of that were, uh, were going basically two miles. Now I didn't have, I didn't have my GPS watch tracking everything. I had my DeLorme in reach, um, sending out, uh, uh, tracking points, but it only does those every half an hour. Uh, so I don't know exactly the distance I walked. I mean, as the crow flies, uh, probably about two, two and a half miles, but as I walk, it had to have been more because and here, and I had to actually switch spots where I was, cam where I'm camping. Um, you know, this was a secondary spot and I'm not a big fan of it, but I had to make do, um, you know, I'm trying to go one direction. And once again, all these deadfalls are insane, you know, and I had, I'd had somebody that's familiar with the area warn me that this area has a bunch of deadfalls in it. I didn't realize I guess, you know, I've seen deadfalls. I'm thinking like, okay, you know, some crumbly logs. I'll just have to watch my step a little bit. Not a big deal. <laughs> I mean, this was, I've never seen anything so ridiculous. I guess, you know, the wood, I don't spend as much time in the woods as some people do. And I just, this is all new for me. So this was, it was crazy. I mean, you know, just pi some piles of trees, like, especially with that pack weighing me down, there was just some stuff that I could get around, and so I'd have to, you know, veer off in a different direction and try and loop back around to go the direction I wanted. Um, <clears throat> and it was just, it was insane. Like, I can't get over how crazy this was. But this is honestly the most grueling thing I've ever done. And I mean, I'm proud of myself that I did it, 
problem is now I'm, I keep thinking about how am I ever going to get back to my car? Um, but I guess that's a bridge I'll cross when I get to it. But yeah, some of these, some of these deadfalls, I mean, having to climb over them and, you know, always just be fully focused to make sure, you know, one wrong step and I go down and, I mean, don't get me wrong, like, I went down several times, especially, I was so tore up, I tell you, I, you know, there's very few things in life that I've dealt with that hurt this bad, um, having a tattoo needle anywhere near my armpit, shattering my wrist, you know, high-siding my motorcycle at 50 miles an hour into the gravel, uh, well, rocks, not gravel those things were definitely up there right around the same level of just complete and utter soreness that I'm (laughs) was feeling while trying to do this. And I know it still would have been bad, but if it wasn't for this idiot pack, I just can't get over that stupid pack. Um, if it wasn't (laughs) for that pack, you know, it wouldn't have been as bad. I would have been able to be a little more nimble. Very literally everything except for my feet hurt so bad. My shoulders, my back, my chest. Um, like, I'm to the point where I'm afraid I will not be able to draw back my bow at the full 70 pounds. Um, and I've, of course, forgot, of all the things, like, I forget something I need, which I was wanted to bring my judo tips so I could do a little stump shooting. Um, but those are sitting in the car, like a bunch of stuff that I'm carrying should be, but yeah, so I'm afraid I won't be able to pull back my bow and I'm having some serious leg issues. I can't, uh, I can't fully straighten my legs without my thighs cramping up. I can't bend my legs without my calves cramping up. And I can't, like, psych- I can't, like, stretch them and work them out uh, and rotate them be- without my, uh, without my hip flexors cramping up. And we're talking, we're not talking, like, the, the quick, oh, just straighten your foot, you know, kind of cramp. This is like, man, <laughs> um, you know, there was a lot of self-doubt creeping in today um and it's still lingering I uh you know I'm just worried that I've taken on something I can't handle I mean you know I knew I was doing something just batshit crazy by doing this but I don't know you know I I wasn't prepared like I wanted to be you know I got super crazy busy at work just and just before this um and ended up having to work weekends uh that that would normally be spent to uh you know prepping for the trip and then on top of that all I got just nasty head cold and couldn't do anything had to had to rest so I could at least be vaguely physically capable of all this. I'm still coughing up all kinds of nasty stuff and 
Um, it's hard to tell if my nose is running right now because of the cold or, <laughs> well, because of the cold weather or because of my cold. Um, probably a little bit of both. Um, you know, I'll tell you, also, one of the biggest things was the altitude. And, like, I was prepared for it to be bad, you know after total archery challenge and the gritty hike and everything, like I knew it was going to be bad, but it, I think, I think coupled with that cold, um, it's really hit me hard. Like, I don't know. It's, it's almost worse than the, than the soreness. Um, I'll be at the soreness in my back is, I don't know. That may be the worst, but I, it, it gets to the point where I take, you know, a total of oh, 10 steps and my heart rate is just flies through the roof and, you know, I'm, I'm short of breath. I'm gasping. I'm sound like a, I'm wheezing like a smoker. Um, <laughs> it's like, I just can't breathe. It gets to the point where I almost like, I feel like I, I'm suffocating and, then I, you know, I, I know I'm not, but I start feeling like I'm suffocating. I kind of start to panic, even though I, you know, I don't know in my head that I'm not actually suffocating. It's just, you know, the self-doubt's really nagging. And, you know, <laughs> I actually go back to what Cody told me, like he said, you know, and Cody, if you're hearing this, your mantra has been going through my head um, all day, but, uh, you know, Cody said, this is going to suck. And I keep reminding me, myself that, and it, it does. Um, I was really hoping to, to do some elk hunting today. I mean, like, I guess, yeah, I could say this is elk hunting, but no, this was just, this was just glorified hiking with a geez, like a person on my back worth of pack. <sighs> it's freaking ridiculous. You know, I did see just before getting to my camping spot, uh, I did see some rubs. They all looked pretty old. Um, you know, that's one of the frustrating things about the snow is I didn't you know, didn't have a ton of questions for the biologist. Um, I was a little out of it on the cold meds when he called, but you know, I got some elevations from him and where I should be checking stuff out and what they're doing. And then this snow comes in and completely ruins all that. And, you know, I was looking, I was just looking at these rubs and I was thinking like, you know, they're, I don't know if they're from last year or there's definitely some from prior years. They'd kind of grown up the tree. You know, there's some that I don't know if they were from last year or this year, you know, a few months, uh, a few weeks ago. Um, they looked fairly recent as far as I can tell. I don't know. I haven't seen, ever really seen rubs before. Um, you know, I was looking at that and I was just thinking like, well, this, yeah, this would have been the spot. I was like right on with my research and everything I was thinking. 
But then the snow came in, and it just... I The elk have to be a lot lower now. It must have pushed them down. There's no way they're hanging out in this this mess. I don't know. I could be wrong. Like I said, I don't, don't know crap about elk. Um, but I was just thinking, like, this would have been the spot, you know, two, three weeks ago. Um, not so much anymore, it's looking like, and that's a little frustrating. You know, I just, I feel like a lot of stuff has, has gone wrong that it's out of my control, and that's frustrating. But then I feel like I've screwed up a bunch of stuff in my prep and <laughs> just coming in here instead of fixing the mistake. It's like starting over and fixing the mistakes or like, regrouping and thinking I've just kind of been barreling ahead and compounding the mistakes I don't know maybe some of it's just like my excitement to get out I think a lot of it just has to do with I'm blaming a lot on being sick I don't function well when I'm sick I I can't think straight um you know then especially after that long you know 20 hour drive my brain was fried not sleeping, I forget to pick up the maps, and I forget to transfer my waypoints over, and instead of, like, sucking it up and driving the few hours back out, you know, I mean, it would have been a two, three-hour drive back to somewhere that had Wi-Fi or cell reception, you know, instead of doing that, I'm just like, well, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna push through it, which it's sometimes a good attitude to have, but for something like this, mm, I don't know. I feel like I should have gone back and fixed that stuff. I, I honestly, I'm, I'm curious how I'm going to wake up, uh, how sore I am, if I'm going to be able to carry anything. Um, like it, it's a legit concern. That's not just me being, woe is me. Um, Tomorrow's going to be a big concern. It's supposed to rain tomorrow night, I think. I, you know, don't have reception again, so I don't want to waste all my points on my Delorme. I don't know. I think I'm... I don't want to ask for help. <laughs> but I may need to. You know, I wanted this experience, and I, I really do and there's awesome parts about this and the scenery and but I've already got those those super negative thoughts floating around you know and I want to find a way to fix all this and be able to get back out and really really kick some butt on the mountain but it's frustrating because I feel like for all the work I've done you know I'm still haven't you know i'm not saying i thought it would be easy i i had no doubt that it was going to be incredibly difficult but i don't know i didn't know it was going to be this hard to not totally screw things up so i tried using my i tried using my stove my tent stove and it was working for a while but it's just, it requires such constant tending to keep a fire going. Um, I mean, that's mostly because all the wood's super wet. 
so you know i've got to balance it just right so there's enough enough burning in there and enough heat to dry out the next piece of wood i'm putting in and like and then anytime i open that stinking door and it's not fully flaming um you know if there's if there's any embers or anything if i open that door it just fills the tent with smoke and so then i gotta open the front and and let all the smoke out but then all the cold air comes back in and uh, i don't know it's i'm very frustrated i'm tired i'm you know and perfect is not easy perfect is not necessarily killing an elk perfect is just i don't know being in awe of what i'm doing and i'm i'm still kind of i'm i'm still super proud of myself that i that i finished that hike um but all right i need to go to bed if my if my legs will stop twitching long enough if they're not twitching i'm shaking right now which is frustrating um We'll see what tomorrow holds. Hopefully something a little bit better. All right. Good night, y'all. Well, y'all, that's it for day two. Um, As you can probably hear uh, on the tent, it's raining right now. Um, I think I'd actually prefer the snow, although it was sagging in the sides of the tent. Um, I've discovered full well the amount of seepage that this tent, uh, <laughs> basically has, and it's a lot. There's definitely a lot of water dripping inside the tent, um, and I've got to figure out how to deal with that. So, you know, you live and learn. Fortunately, I discovered the secret uh, tonight to keeping the stove blazing, keeping it nice and hot. Unfortunately, it took a lot of trial and error, and I've used more than my fair share of fire starters on this trip. Um, so hopefully, uh, I have enough left to get me through the rest of the inclement weather and get to some sun, sunnier days before I have to leave. Um, yeah. Today was, uh, a lot. I, I slept in today, uh, just because I was, I couldn't, couldn't get up early and start hiking again and put on that pack. I needed my rest. Um, but, uh, you know, I cleared out the pack, got it down to a significantly less. I'm, I'm really curious how much it weighs. Um, yeah, the pack was no problem today. That's one thing I noticed. There's a couple of points where my back and shoulders kind of hurt, but more, more of that was just remnants from yesterday, I think. But yeah, I unloaded the pack, uh, just put in what I needed for the day, zipped up the tent, and bada-bing, bada-boom, was out of here. I knew there was going to be some rain this week and possibly some snow. I didn't realize it was going to rain all day today. Times it was heavier, but I have to say the scree rain gear is fantastic. 
I only put on the jacket because I didn't want to deal with the pants. Um, that was a mistake. It ended up raining like crazy all day long. Um, and yeah, my pants got soaked again, so they're drying out along with everything else. Pretty much everything got soaked. I had a pack cover, but the pack was already kind of damp. And, you know, there's just only so much you can do when you're pulling stuff out of your pack and yada, yada, yada. Um, I went off hiking, went to check some of the feeding spots. Once again, there was... I did a lot of bugling today and a lot of cow calling. And from that, I did not hear a blessed thing. Um... You know, I walked, I hiked around from <clears throat> feeding area to feeding area and followed a lot of the rivers, followed almost every game trail I could. I saw tons of sign. I uh, saw some rubs, saw scat from just about every kind of a animal you could imagine. Saw what I'm pretty sure was bear, wolf, mule deer, and elk. Um, you know, I'm not exactly a chart expert, but, uh, I, it's the best guesses I could hazard from what I saw. I was hard to tell if it was fresh, um, because of the rain, but, uh, you know, I saw some prints too. Uh, I definitely saw a, uh, a bear, a black bear print, um, and I definitely saw a wolf print. Um, well, I sh shouldn't just say print, but series of prints. Um, they, uh, you know, I followed them for a while just to see where they were headed, but they kind of disappeared. Um, typically where the game trail would disappear to, but um, I'm assuming those had to be fairly recent because they were in the snow. Uh, that was, you know, I'm, I'm not sure how long it, there's been snow up here. I know it's fairly recent, so, you know, that was kind of cool. But, I did a lot of hiking. I did probably, round trip, probably did about 10 miles of hiking today. It kicked my butt. You know, my energy was good. My energy level was good. My back and shoulders were good. Um... You know, my legs were actually pretty good for most of the trip, but it definitely took its toll on me towards the end. Um, on my way back to camp, I'd say mile to a mile and a half out, I was just, I just kind of shut down. I couldn't think, I couldn't, uh, I could barely lift my legs, I was dragging pretty hard. Um, I haven't been eating as much as I should, I've have been having to force myself to eat. I know I need to eat more, drink more water, but it's tough. For some reason, I'm just not hungry. And, you know, the cold, wet weather, I know I'm not getting enough water, but I don't feel thirsty. It's weird. Yeah, but I saw lots of signs. Didn't hear a thing. There was no response to any of my calls that I could tell, at least. Nothing that I could hear. I tried to do a little bit of glassing, found a good spot, but... Unfortunately, um, 
it was just too cold and wet and my uh my binocs kept fogging up and it was just it was just completely useless plus i was freezing my butt off and and in the rain so you know not the best glassing weather and a fog started to roll in i couldn't at first i couldn't tell if it was just the water on my binoculars or what but uh it was a combination of that and a fog started rolling in through the drainage I was glassing across. And so that just put a stop to any of that glassing. But yeah, I saw a lot, which was interesting, you know, seeing these game trails, things like that. I kind of understand a little bit more now. It's tough. I feel like I've learned some, but, you know, I'm not learning as much as I could. Kind of bums me out that I couldn't find someone to come with me um, in one way. Yeah, it would have been nice. Um, it's still kind of nice doing this solo. It's cool. I can go where I want, do what I want, but I don't have anyone here to push me. Not that I needed any pushing. I, I kind of went to my limit today. And then some. Uh, but it would be nice to have someone along that knows what they're doing. That, like, really, really is a, has at least some experience and can... Because it's tough to learn when you just don't know what you're doing wrong. Or, you know, I don't know if I am doing something wrong. I, I, I assume I am. I assume I'm probably doing several things wrong, um, but, you know, I don't know if I'm not hearing things because I'm not playing the wind right, which it was acting really squirrely today. It was acting super squirrely all day. It would, it kept switching directions, you know, it's this weather for sure, but it kept switching directions and then swirling and then going this way, and then going that way, you know, I mean, I was checking all the time, but there's only so much I could do, um, and I want to be able to learn and correct things, but I just don't know what I'm doing. Gotten really good at hiking with my bow. Um, I don't know, I'm not fully convinced that I'm hunting yet. Like I said, it seems more just like aggressive hiking with my bow but yeah so I covered a round trip about 10 miles today um, there's my phone let's look up the elevation game so well, I hiked about seven miles and but yeah well that sinks um, in some of my hiking uh, one of the one of the feeding areas that I was checking out further down than I expected to be actually um, I came across a pretty good sized camp that looked like it might be semi-permanent uh, it was hard to tell if they were just out now and away from camp or if that's just kind of like their semi-permanent camp that's always always there and they during hunting season and I mean maybe all year uh, it looked 
a little raggedy, like it's been out for a while. Um, but you know, they had uh, a cook stove and they had a giant five gallon bucket of Mountain House. Um, so who knows? It may <clears throat> absolutely have been a camp just for this season or just for this. It's more than just for this trip. They had like a little log table set up. Uh, they had a big wall tent, um, that was, like, set up with giant logs that were put together, and then, um, you know, with the stove inside, and they had a little cook area with a tent over it, and that's where the grill and the mountain house were, and they had a ton of firewood, uh, like, all cut and chopped, there was an axe laying out there, I mean... I feel like they had to have been there recently, otherwise they probably would have left some more of their stuff in the cooked in the tent. But really, except for you know the trailhead at day one, that's the first sign of human life I've seen since I got in here. But yeah, uh, on my way back, started heading back. Uh, was definitely getting beat on my way back. Oh, I'd say about two, what, two-thirds of the way back starts snowing. <laughs> and, you know, that's no big deal. I'd almost rather have the snow than the rain. It's easier to deal with, but I'm, I'm just getting covered head to toe. I'm, I'm sludging along. I'm, I'm almost there. And then about oh, 200 yards from my campsite my left knee just decides to give out. Um, I definitely was feeling some soreness in my knees as I was coming downhill at one point after glassing. But like this just, oh my gosh. I'm a little bit worried about it and how it's going to affect the rest of this trip. <clears throat> There's only so much I could do, I guess. Uh, just keep plugging along, doing what I can do. You know, I didn't hear a thing all day, and that was really starting to worry me. And, you know, I, I, for all I knew, I may have been right. I could have picked a completely bad spot, and all of the signs I saw could have been older. Um, and this just could not be a spot for elk. But, you know, I got back to the tent, and I've been, I was, you know, mostly working the fire because I'm freezing and trying to dry stuff out which is just going to be a never-ending task. I I was grabbing my dinner and finally heard an elk bugle. Way off in the distance, I think there's just two of them going at it. You know, I tried to join in once, but I think they'd already kind of were done at that point. But yeah, I definitely heard them. So that was encouraging at least. Now I just need to be able to make it through this weather. I don't think I remember what it's like to be dry or warm, <laughs> but uh, for some reason, this stupid thing won't sync with my watch. See, that's synced up just fine, but none of the other data will sync, and I don't know why, and it's bugging me. I wish I could look at my activities. <clears throat> well, it says I've climbed 17 floors if that says anything 
and it's saying I walked 8.4 miles, but I know this is always under, so that's probably actually more like between 9 and 10. Man, this is going to do wonders for my resting heart rate. The 108 at one point at the highest, jeez. Um, my resting heart rate 74. You guys don't need to know all this, but I'm super fascinated with it right now. Because I'm looking through my watch trying to find how much elevation I've gained today. But, anyway, I don't think I'm going to find that in time. And I want to stop this recording and go to bed. Holy crap, it's 11 o'clock. Alright, y'all. Have a good night. Alright, y'all, well, it is the end of day three. Um, today, uh, started off late again. Had a fire this morning to, uh, try and dry things out a bit more. Went, you know, refilled the water. So, I was out of here probably about 10 o'clock, which I know is way too late, but I thought I might be able to locate some bedding areas. Um, I decided to take the trek up to the lake where I originally wanted to camp. And I tell you, it was tough. It was a super tough hike up, but it was an absolute blast. I had a, a good time getting up there. It was really, really tough. Um, as I was leaving this area, um, the meadow that's just south of me, I uh, noticed some tracks going through it when I was going to refill my water. I'm, I guess I'm more of a track expert than I am a turd expert, but I, I assume these were wolves. I don't know if coyotes are up this high or in this weather or whatever. Um, it looked a little bit small, but I'm pretty sure it was wolf activity. Saw a bunch of other critters, too. Um, looked like some small rodents, maybe some rabbits, too. Um, but, yeah, saw a bunch of wolf activity on a, around the same elevation that, that I'm camping on and lower. As I got higher, I didn't really see it. Um, didn't see anything all that big up there um got to the lake and it was just beautiful it was really cool but there was absolutely nothing up there no self-respecting elk would have made its way through that brush but or through that fallen timber but you know i probably would be surprised at what elk are willing to make their way through um you know once again i'm no expert at really any of this um you know, one thing today's made me realize is how stinking long that uh, pump filter works. And now I understand why people have and use gravity filters. Um, I could have just <laughs> filled my jug up this morning, let it run, come back and it had clean water. But no, I filled up a whole bladder this morning, a six liter bladder, and then I filled up my Nalgene at the lake did some calling at the lake there's just nothing um if there was anything up there you know i'm thinking everything's pretty quiet and shy uh just once again between what the guys have said and all the wolf activity i'm seeing i don't imagine there's a lot of calling going on which is a bummer you know i really wanted to 
be able to have that exciting calling moment, you know? Or at least, if nothing else, just hear them and, and have one respond to a locator bugle or something. But nothing, um, you know? Yes, it is what it is, and uh, I have to find a way to work with that. Um, but yeah, so I made my way all the way around the lake. It was getting pretty thick. As I'm making my way down, I kind of find, I hesitate to even call it a game trail, but I found a few more, a uh, few more, look, once again, looked like wolf tracks. You know, walked 10 feet, and I looked down um, where they all were kind of circling, and right in the middle was a big old knot on to the knee elk leg. Um, so, yeah. Trying to decide if there was, uh, trying to decide if there was an elk up there and they got it, or if they got an elk and just dragged that piece up there. Yeah, but so, you know, that's the closest I've come to seeing an elk so far is the leg of what was formerly an elk. And just, you know, after I left the lake, um, even a little bit on the way up, like, I didn't think it was bad, that bad on the way up. It was right, you know, maybe the last hundred yards before I got to the lake. Um, my left knee just really started acting up again. It was, uh, doing the same thing it was last night, just hurting a lot. But yeah, I get back and... I'm just, oh my gosh, I'm struggling so hard to walk. And I'm worried that this is going to just put an end to my trip. But, you know, I took the rest of the day. I got down early afternoon, really early afternoon. And, uh, you know, when you're out here by yourself, this these Delorme inreaches are just super necessary. Not only do they give you that extra little bit of confidence not to do something stupid, but just that, you know, somebody will be able to find you if something happens. But, you know, when you need to talk to someone, when you're just super beat down and all you want to do is quit, um, you can at least have that buddy that you can reach out to. And in my case, you know, I reached out to a whole group and... They all responded, all, you know, gave me some sound advice and some recommendations on how to deal with my knee that then turned into both knees acting up. Um, the swelling's just really bad from overuse, um, I think. But, uh, yeah, just that ability to reach out and talk for a while. You know, I got to talk with kind of everyone all day. I mean, you know, via text message, of course. Um, you know, it kind of bums me out. You can't send pictures, but I can only imagine how long that would take, um, to go through the satellites. I'm about to fall asleep, but, uh, really hoping the knees will ease up a bit. I need to make sure I'm drinking more water and, uh, staying on that ibuprofen. I thought I brought twice as much as I needed, but with this, I may be... I may be relying on vitamin I quite a bit. But the good part about taking the day today is I was able to really organize things, clean things up in my camp here. 
I got a raging fire going for several hours and oh my gosh, was able to dry out absolutely everything. My boots are almost completely dry. Uh, my pack's still a little bit damp in a couple of spots. My socks are all dry. My gloves are all dry. Uh, I did unfortunately melt a hole in the top of my pack. Fortunately, it's not anything that affects functionality um, at all. It's just a big melty hole that kind of looks funky when you can see it, when you happen to be able to see it. But yeah, turned around to put something away and uh, smelled that fun, toxic, burning smell. Turned around to see my pack had fallen over uh, and just the corner was uh, leaning up against the stovepipe, which, you know, I had going red hot. Anyway, <sighs> up early tomorrow, drinking lots of water, taking that vitamin I, gonna get the knees wrapped up with Luco tape. Hopefully <laughs> I can follow Sadie's instructions and do this right so it actually helps. But, uh, yeah. But on that note, it is way past my bedtime, so I'm going to crash out. Good night, y'all. Well, y'all, that's it. It's the end of day four, and as far as uh, I can manage the end of my elk season, you know, I woke up this morning super motivated, super pumped, ready to go, you know, went out way before gray light, you know, taped up my knees, so, uh, and I did definitely notice an improvement, um, after just resting, staying off them yesterday as much as possible after the initial pain, and then taping them up, um, I did notice a significant improvement, uh, but my left knee definitely, I, it, without a doubt, was weaker. It wasn't hurting then so much, but it was definitely weaker, to say the least. But yeah, I went out, uh, found some good spots on the edge of a meadow I've been eyeballing, and nothing. I was cow calling, um, I held off a bugling. But, uh, you know, I was trying some Lost Muse, and man, I was, I had the wind in my favor, you know, I actually played the wind right for once in my life, got that kind of figured out, um, there was a couple times it did start acting squirrely and, and swirling around or something would pick up from the other direction, but it just really confirmed my suspicion that there's absolutely nothing there. <laughs> I mean, it was just ridiculous. It was really cold today, uh, and I was out there, and you know, I've, I've got layers and stuff to keep me warm, but I honestly just was not prepared, was not at all fully prepared for how bad this weather was going to be. I mean, I was expecting, initially expecting nice balmy weather like maybe getting a little warm and then cooler at night but 
the clouds opened up and it is just pissing snow and rain this whole time I've been up here. Um, and today was cold. It's It's been cold the whole time, but today was super cold, especially with the wind picking up. And, I mean, I'd go to take a swig from my of mountain hops from my Nalgene and it would be like frozen over I'd have I you know it's like drinking uh, drinking something that's you know kind of like slightly iced over and frosty it was crazy um and so I had about uh, three quarter of a mile walk back to camp through that and oh, about halfway back the snow just starts pouring down like crazy. I mean, it was it was pretty thick. I know it's no blizzard or anything, but for a California boy, it was crazy thick. And my knee, on the way back, my knee really started hurting again. Um, and then there was a couple of times uh, that, it, that it nearly gave out. One time, it did give out. Um... And, you know, just what I saw this morning and kind of what I've been seeing the past couple of days, there's no elk up here. They're not rutting up in the snow. Uh, this would have been the spot two weeks ago, a week ago even, um, before the weather pulled in. I'm seeing tons of, uh, I've been seeing, you know, tons of scat everywhere from elk. Um, and I was seeing tons of rubs, but I'm not seeing any tracks in the snow at any given time. I did see, as I said before, a few wolves crisscrossing, a lot of foxes, which I didn't realize that those were the tracks, uh, until recently. So there's foxes, um, not coyotes all of that reminded me, you know, just told me pretty definitely there's no elk up here. I mean, it's debatable whether or not I heard those two bugles on whatever night it was. I think they were bugles, but it was just so hard to tell because they were so far off and faint. And then, you know, I had the fire going and the rain on the tent. But, you know, I'm thinking... Oh, I need to go to a new spot. I need to go to, desperately need to go to a new spot. But then I just started thinking about my knee and it's hurting really bad. Um, I'm not sure I physically, I can make it to a new spot. Um, I was, you know, I was getting really concerned about how I was going to make it out. Yeah, the way back, I mean, it's just thick, impenetrable dead wall, deadfall, and so I'd have to go up half a mile through all that, and then another, you know, mile and a half to the road, at least, and then from there, two miles back to the car, with an 80-pound pack, that ain't gonna happen, 80-plus, my stupidly weighted pack, so I thought about taking two trips, you know, one for all my gear, and then one for, like, my tent and my extra food. But, honestly, just thinking about taking a second trip, that also is something that is not going to happen. Um, 
Hold on a minute here, I gotta stoke the fire. I've learned more secrets about how to control fire. Um, I wish I learned these said secrets before using up so much of my trioxane because I would have loved to build an even bigger one outside tonight. Anyway, moving on. So, I was contemplating that pack out and I just knew that I wouldn't be able to handle it even with a half load and then, you know, definitely wouldn't be able to handle it twice. So, uh, I, you know, I had to swallow my pride and I had to message my buddy Clayton, uh, who used to live out in this direction and, you know, he's got his pack horses and stuff and so made arrangements for him to come in and pick me up. I had to swallow so much pride to do that. It's not even so much that I'm embarrassed about what happened. I am a little bit, I guess, but I'm just really not good at asking for help. Um, I don't like to. I tend to be super self-sufficient. Um, so yeah, having to ask someone to come into the backwoods and and fetch me really really sucked um but yeah so to make it easier on him you know I try to use the last of the strength in my knee and uh started heading down a little bit closer to the trail and a little bit better spot to pick me up um I didn't want him to have to bring his horses through a lot of this crap I, uh, about halfway, oh, no, I'd say about three quarters of the way to where I am now, I ran into some guys, uh, I was struggling through a field, and I see off in the distance, three guys on horses, you know, and I can barely shout and wave them down, and I was kind of hoping they might offer to throw my pack on one of their horses and ride tandem on another, but, uh, no such luck, um, turns out they work for an outfitter, and they were the ones who actually, uh, have the camp, the, the like, the semi-permanent camp that I came across the other day, and they were just on their way, they're, they're picking up all their camps and packing them out right now, you know, they, uh, I was going to camp uh, in the meadow where I found them, where I met them, uh, but there weren't, it wasn't looking great. There weren't any really great spots, and they said I could come on down to where they had their camp set up. They were going to be tearing it down, but uh, it's a much better spot, a lot flatter and drier, has a fire ring, hence why I wanted to build a fire outside, and... Uh, you know, has a bunch of dry wood, and they left an axe for me. And they showed me where the horse trail was, which I wish I had known about um, a lot sooner. Although it was pretty hard to follow in some spots. If it wasn't for the hoof prints in the mud or tearing up a bank or, or a pile of poop, um, that poop I could tell. I would have never been able to find the trail, stay on the trail for very long. But yeah... So I managed a nice, 
fairly easy pace down the uh, down the horse trail for another half a mile and got here just as they were finishing up. You know, said hello. Uh, I I feel really bad that I can't remember the initial gentleman's name, but they're from Big Timber Outfitters, and they were just super nice guys, super legit. Talked with them for a minute. They hadn't seen any elk either. Whether or not that's true is another question, but I believed him. Um, <laughs> with how irritated and angry he was, I absolutely believed him. But, you know, that's it. So I came down here, set up my tent. Uh, I split some wood to use in the stove, and I've had it blazing for hours. And I figured out some more tricks and have the tent nice and warm. Um... I do wish the heat was a little more directional instead of just up. If I stand up in the tent, uh, it's so warm. It's like a sauna. Feels good, though, when you've just been nothing but cold for the past few days. But, yeah, so I'm waiting here for Clayton. Uh, he should be here around noon tomorrow. Uh, I took a couple of Benadryl, so hopefully I'll just knock out. And maybe I'll sleep till noon for the first time since I was in college or high school. Or the last time I went out and had a little bit too much fun. But it's been a rough day. A lot of pride swallowed. I don't even want to talk about the lessons I've learned. I'm just so irritated and bummed out that my elk season's over. I also feel like a lot of people were kind of counting on me this year, and I let them all down, but... Anyway. This is me signing off. Talk to y'all later. All right, y'all, that'll do it for this episode of The Wild Initiative. Make sure to check out the show notes page at thewildinitiative.com slash 200. Get links to everything we talked about in today's episode. Y'all, I just want to stop, say thank you so much for all of your support, for all of you that have been listening, have listened through all these episodes, have grown along with me in this whole journey. Um, I hope there was, you guys found some value in, in me sharing this audio and this little recap. I hope you guys have gone back, listened to episode 38 and watched uh, the video with Clayton. Um, and a big thank you to Clayton for hopping on and uh, just taking the time to introduce this. It just felt right to have him back on. So y'all again, a huge thank you. I can't believe I've released 200 episodes of this podcast and seriously can't wait to see what comes with the next 200, but y'all that'll do it for this week. Looking forward to next time. But until then, I hope this episode inspired you to get involved, get outdoors and plan your initiative for the wild. Thank you for listening to The Wild Initiative. Please take a moment to leave a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher and head on over to thewildinitiative.com to get show notes, check out the blog, gear discounts, other podcasts from the Wild Initiative family, and more. 